you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football. We are live in New York City. It is Friday, July 14th. I'm Sarah Walsh alongside Cameron Wolf. We've got Super Bowl champion defensive tackle Malik Jackson, and we've got Pro Bowl linebacker Jalen Smith. Guys, how's it going? Good, Good week in New York. Yeah, so happy to be here. Thank God it's Friday. Yes. You yes. guys um, felt very at home when we talk about trash talking, yes. I could see you guys <laughs> fire up over there. And um, you're very happy to talk about penalties that shouldn't be against the It's definitely a defensive, defensive Friday, right? We've been, oh, it, you know what? I'm glad you said that, Cam, because that gives me this segue. It is time now for the lead block. Lead block? Since you're mentioning defense. Yesterday, we had fun putting together Good Morning Football's all-underrated offense. Great players who aren't getting the respect that they deserve in this league. Jared Goff at quarterback, the running back duo of Najee Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. And then we had a bunch of wide receivers. I picked Mike Evans. Look, he's a pro bowler, but I think he's one of the best there is out there. So think of him that way. Uh, the group of eight was rounded out by Bears tight end Cole Komet. Today, we're swinging things over to the other side of the ball, the side of the ball that Malik and Jalen really want to talk about. It's Good Morning Football's all-underrated defensive player. So here's how it's going to go. As a group, the four of us are going to pick eight players, two defensive ends. We're going to have two linebackers, defensive backs, who are the most underrated defensive stars in the NFL. I'm going to go first. I'm going to take a defensive end. And I'm going to go with Brian Burns out of Carolina. This is a guy that I think this Carolina defense, I'm not sure gets as much respect as a whole as what they deserve. They were quietly one of the better defenses in the league. And I think that there was so much turmoil going on down at the Panthers with the coaching changes, the quarterback changes, Christian McCaffrey shipped out of town. And it was really the defense. And Steve Wilkes was leading that defense. We almost thought that he was going to be the head coach there for a while. And so huge credit to Wilkes. But Brian Burns is part of this young core of guys that do a lot of great work down there. Burns had 12 and a half sacks a season ago. That was a career high for him. He's entering his fifth season. And they're talking about building something special there in Carolina. They got Bryce Young taking over. And Burns is one of these guys that you build your team around. He's been a tremendous player. I don't think he gets talked about enough down in Panthers. So I'm going Brian Burns as my defensive end. Jalen, give us another one. Okay, uh, I, I got a linebacker for you. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Levante David. Ooh. Um, and he's not, a, he's not underrated in my, in my opinion, but I'm a steward of the game. But Levante David entering his 12th season, um, 947 tackles, almost 30 sacks. And he's a guy that's, you know, when you talk about the mark of greatness is consistency, he embodies that. Um, I love him, number 54. I wear number 54. So I'm, I'm a huge fan. Um, when you talk about going through the water of 
not having success, not having team success, and then turning it around and, and having a, a Super Bowl championship run when, with the addition of Tom Brady. Um, I just love his leadership. Um, he had three sacks last year, and you know he's a guy that's continuing to grow. He's 33 years old, and he's not stopping. I, I love him. He's a big brother of mine, and let's give him some love. Yeah, you know, he could have gone elsewhere, too, and he ended up signing back in Tampa, and a lot of folks at the end of the year was like, is this the last that we're going to see about Levante? And you guys were talking about how hard it is to play your entire career with one team. Levante could possibly do that and is in the rare situation where he could play over a decade with one team. But he is, as someone that lives in Tampa, I mean, he's beloved down there, and the stuff he does behind the scenes in terms of, of leading these players in and out of the locker room. And I said this to Levante last year when things were not going as well as they would of like it's easy to be the guy that talks when things are going great mm -hmm. and they had that fun Super Bowl run and Dev uh, Levante was the guy that talked every single time and he's not somebody that I don't think wants he doesn't want that kind of media attention but he'll always answer the call he'll he'll be the guy that stands up and and if they had a bad performance, Levante will be the leader that he is. Well, I'll jump in here with my defensive tackle, and I'm going to go with Javon Hargrave. He was a part of that Eagles defensive line that's one of the best we've seen in some time. They had 70 sacks. Hargrave had 11 of them, and let me tell you just how dominant he was. If you go to next-gen stats over the last three years, he is first in the NFL in quarterback pressure with 13% of his snaps getting pressures on quarterback. That's, that's more than Aaron Donald. That's more than Chris Jones. Guys, we are considered the top of the game and so you talk to offensive coordinators they know where number 97 in green was Malik you're smiling you played with them and so yeah. you know how good Javon Hargrave can be there inside he just got that big bag yep. four year 84 million dollars mm -hmm. to play with San Fran yep. and so maybe he won't be underrated for very longer uh, but he's a guy who deserves a lot more buzz as one of the best defensive tackles in football for sure one of the Malik, you're an expert on defensive tackles. You've seen Javon. Give us a guy that's on your list as underrated. Well, I'm going with defensive end. I'm going to go with Romeo Okawara. Great defensive end out of uh, Detroit Lions. Been hurt the last few years, but somebody that can really go out there, rush the passer, and really get after it. I think he's a great leader in that room. Um, an older guy now. He got his check. So I think he's somebody that really is underrated, but is going to come back out here and uh, really make a difference with his team and push them to the top. My college teammate. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey. My brother right there. Hey, great guy. I've worked out with him in L.A. All right, we've knocked out the linebackers. Two defensive backs to go here. The first linebacker uh, I would like to take off the board. We're not drafting these guys. <laughs> um, but the first linebacker that I want to give some love to because I, I truly love this guy. He's so fun to talk to. He's so fun to watch. He never gets the credit that is due to him. Demario Davis. This love guy it. has been in the league mm -hmm. for a long time. The stuff he does in New Orleans, on and off the field. But what's most insane to me, he went 10 full seasons in the NFL before he made his first Pro Bowl. This guy is around the ball. He does everything on this defense. And I remember a couple years back talking to him. How, you look at his numbers, and it's like, how is this guy has, you know, not making the Pro Bowl? Yes, last year set a career high in sacks. He had six and a half. Demario Davis, the folks down in New Orleans, the folks in that division, they very well know what this guy is capable of. He deserves his due. Ten years, finally gets to the Pro Bowl. He deserves so much more than that. And uh, Demario Davis is just an awesome human being. So I, I'm going Demario. Jalen, help me out. I got a defensive end for you. Dorrance Armstrong Jr., okay. uh, Dallas Cowboy, uh, DA, hot boy. He's a guy that he has a motor like no other. When, when you talk about DA, he's always ecstatic when he makes plays, when his teammates makes plays. 
He had a career high of seven sacks last year. He scored a touchdown. I love his growth and his desire to win, his desire to be better. You know, you got so many great you got so much great talent on that defensive line. You talk about Micah Parsons, who is arguably going to be, you know, one of the top, if not the top defensive player, to, you know, to, uh, leading into this season. You got Demarcus Lawrence, who who has eclipsed over $100 million in his career, and he's, he's headed in that direction of playing his entire career, being a Dallas Cowboy. D.A. really cares about making a name for himself as well, and I, I, I love him. Let's give him some love. For sure. I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm going to go with a defensive back, and yesterday, Julian Love and I both did our three-for-three three underrated, and so I went with a few guys there, A.J. Terrell, Javon Holland, and Mike Hilton. I'll go with a different guy here, Jaguars corner Tyson Campbell. And I'll tell you what, one of my favorite things to do on the road with reporting is asking coaches, which guy should I know more about? Doug Peterson would not stop raving about Tyson Campbell when I spent some time with him in the winter. And he said, Tyson Campbell, we call him quietly our number one wide receiver eraser. He said, sometimes we put them on top guys and they just disappear for, for a game. And I started to look up some of the guys he faced last year. A.J. Brown, four targets, two catches for 24 yards. Mike Williams, four targets, one catch, 15 yards. Cortland Sutton, three targets, one catch, 13 yards, and an interception. Those are some really good players that Tyson Campbell mm -hmm. had a really good day against. And so he's a guy that we're going to be hearing his name a lot more. Next Gen Stats called him the number four best coverage player last year. And so uh, Tyson Campbell is the Jaguars' true number one corner there. And he's going to have a big role in that Jaguars team that's going to be uh, one to watch this year. So Doug P with the assist on that one for you. <laughs> Malik, bring us on home. Give us the D-back that you're bringing into the mix. The D back I'm gonna bring into the mix is a guy another guy from California the grace we just produce football players first of all this guy named Marcus Epps secondary guy safety uh, went to Wyoming a true in the box free safety that's gonna come down hit you hard let you know he's there he's gonna cover you plenty of pass breakups and everything uh, I played with them with we were in Philadelphia just a great guy good 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 kid good character uh, Marcus Epps is out here doing his thing let's take a recap of all our underrated team, our underrated defensive team. You know what I think is cool about this list is you have the up-and-comers uh, that maybe people don't know yet, and then yeah. there's some like real veterans yeah, on right. there with Demario yeah. and Levante. So, you know, real versatility to the underrated defense. Absolutely, and we've got, what, eight different teams represented here? Eight different players from eight different teams, so we spread the love throughout the league. I love some of these names on the list. Like you mentioned, some guys who may just don't get enough love as they normally do. Well, we love you guys all here on Good Morning Football. Still to come, is your team in need of an elite pass rusher? Look no further than one of our next guests. Yannick Ngankwe is going to join us to discuss his future later on. Malik is fired up about this one. Plus, college football season is right around the corner. Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman joins us next to talk about the upcoming season. Well, and Jalen's excited about that one. That's our guy. <laughs> <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
next guest has one of the most prestigious jobs in all of college sports. Jalen would like me to edit that to say the most prestigious job in all oh, of no. college sports, but he's not biased at all. Please welcome to the breakfast table the head football coach of Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What's happening? You're in New York. What do you got going on? Yeah, we uh, we got here yesterday, probably about 11 o'clock. I t brought five players with us. Um, just kind of so so us not being in a conference, we don't have conference media days. So what we do is kind of come to New York and spend two days here and. Uh, we're at ESPN yesterday doing some things here today, and then uh, we're going to take them to the Mets game tonight. Okay, this so is awesome. a good, this yeah. is a great college yeah. field trip for, yeah. for everybody. Second season as head coach there. What's the biggest thing that you take out of year one into year two? I think it's the experience, right? Is that everything last year was the first time? Is you have a itinerary, you have a blueprint, but you've never actually done it. And so going into year two, you've done it. You know what to expect, and and. You learn so much about leadership, about your program, about your players through some of those difficult times. And so there's still more to come, right? You, you hate to, to really think about that, but there's going to be some challenges still coming up that maybe are unforeseen. But um, I'm excited about the, the future of this program in this season. That's awesome. So, Coach, you're about six weeks away from your opening game in Ireland. Uh, first, what is that like and how are you guys getting ready and uh, what do you expect? Well, I really, I, one, I've never been out of this country, right? Oh, and wow. so um, we had to make sure everybody gets passports and things like that. And That's a lot of work yeah, for a lot of no guys. Doubt, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. we got a great operations team that has done that. But, two, I tried to talk to as many people that have done this as I can. And, and you know, with the NFL, it happens all the time, mm -hmm. right? Teams go over there midseason. When are you going out? What are you doing when you get there? And so we've kind of put together uh, our plan. And then last week, Last week, I took a red eye, me and my family, back from Hawaii to South Bend, right? And so it kind of let me know how our players would feel when we leave on a Wednesday night and uh, arrive there and it's Thursday morning. And so I kind of made a little bit more adjustments because I was like, man, I'll feel like, you know? <laughs> so, hey, let's kind of do a walkthrough when we get there instead of an actual practice and kind of change some things. So, you know, it's a lot of logistical things we have to, to make sure that we are all on point on, but we're excited to be over in Dublin, Ireland. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I would say, um, first of all, thank you so much for coming over to, to join us uh, as part of the, the Notre Dame uh, Irish family. Really means a lot to me uh, personally. I've got some, some Columbus, Ohio State ties. My brother, Rod Smith, played at Ohio State. You know him well. You know him well. Tell me about just that experience of having that loss last year in Columbus, and then what it's going to be like having our fans in South Bend. I'm predicting college game day and what a win would mean for you. Well, I got to start off by giving you a shout out, you know, and uh, again, it's guys like you and the many other players that have come before I was ever the head coach or part of Notre Dame that has made this program what it is. And uh, you are a guy we sell, right? And we sell in recruiting of a guy that don't care how big a recruit. We had the biggest recruit in the country decide to come to Notre Dame, really live his athletic goals, become a Buckus Award winner, um, go on to be, I think, was 34th overall pick, right? Yep. You know, but then most importantly, came back to get his degree, right? And, and that's what makes this place special is that you can obtain a degree that will truly take care of you, as you know right now, way longer than the game of football will. And so I had to make sure I put, put that yeah, plug in there. Um, but, you know, I think you look back to last year in that first game, you're really your true first game as a head coach. You go back to your alma mater and you face a really good football team. You know, and, and I think we played them, we were 
up with maybe one minute left in the third quarter, you know, and we end up losing 21-10. But I think you play them close enough that you kind of mask some of the issues that you have as a program, as a team. And then the next week we lose to Marshall. Right. And, and that to me is really where you said, OK, we have to rip off all the layers and figure out what's the issues and, mm-hmm. and really try to correct them with a sense of urgency. And that's what we were able to do. Um, but, you know, as you fast forward to this year, we'll play them in week five for us. It's week four of the season. But since we play week zero, it'll be week five for us. So we'll know what our football team is all about. We'll know what our strengths are. And, that identity. Uh, exactly mm-hmm. right. And it's a listen, it's a lot tougher to, to play a game in Notre Dame Stadium. You Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. So, uh, we're looking forward to the opportunity. Okay, now I want you to take a look at this list (laughs) that I came up with as far as with the Notre Dame all-time greats. You might not recognize a lot of these people back in the day. Tell me what you think. We got got a bunch of national champions. We got three Heisman Trophy winners. We got NFL Defensive Player of the Years multiple times. We got NFL Player of the Years. Tell me what you think, man. Yeah, who did he leave leave out, Marcus? Okay. Um, let me see the small changes I would make. Maybe the quarterback I might use a guy named Joe Montana. Ooh. Ooh. No, he's not too bad. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe um, Paul Horning, Heisman Trophy winner. You know, you got to leave him there. Tim Brown, Heisman Trophy winner. Um, Manti Teo. And who was the last one on there? Uh, Coach Lou Holtz. <laughs> you know, it's hard. There's two guys, right? Newt Rockney, who really created football at Notre Dame. Uh, man, he's got – I think I read it the other day that – Best winning percentage of all coaches of all time. It's like 108 and 10 mm-hmm. in college in the wow. NFL. Wow. And I, I don't, I can't remember how many national championships he won. And then there's this guy named Eric Parsegian, yeah. you know. And and I know these are names from the past, but if you're yeah. a Notre Dame guy, they were they, getting on me about yeah. the black and white. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Come yeah. Anybody in the future that yeah. we got to make, we got to get it more relevant, know. right? We got to get it more relevant. But listen, Lou Holtz was the last national champion head coach, and so. Um, he earns that right to be on there, but man, that's a that's a good list, you know. That's a really good list. And speaking of the future, you're the future head coach. Maybe one day you'll earn your way onto one of these lists with your performance. You're already off to a great start. Yeah. Um, but I want to start to before your time in Notre Dame. You were the Cincinnati defensive coordinator, and you coached a guy named Ahmad Sauce Gardner, <laughs> who has got a lot of acclaim in the NFL. And take us back to the recruiting process. I'm uh, aware that he made some questionable uh, shirt choices. <laughs> <laughs> or lack of shirt choices, you know. Uh, Sauce is a, a funny story, and, and I got to give a shout out to our corners coach, Mike Mickens, who's now with us at Notre Dame. He was the guy that stood on the table for Sauce, and I thought Sauce was a good player. You know, watch his film. We had him live. I said, man, he's a good player, but Mickens was the one that said, this is the guy we got to go after. And we used to FaceTime him once a week, and he always was in bed and never had a shirt on. <laughs> I was like, man, dude, will you put a shirt on, coach? I'm just coach. And he came, he was a guy that came in the summer, so he wasn't a mid-year enrollee or stuff like that. And I remember he came and said, hey, my name's Sauce. And I'm like, I will not call you Sauce, <laughs> right? You have to earn that nickname around here. And so called him Ahmad, called him Ahmad, called him Ahmad. Well, probably game four that year, we played UCF, who was at that point the, the cream of the crop in the American Conference. And Ahmad gets a pick six, turns the whole game around. He comes to the sideline and said, from now on, I'm calling you Sauce. And, uh, <laughs> he, is, uh, he was a lot of fun to coach. He was a lot of fun to coach, an energy provider, ultimate competitor, um, consistent every day. And so I'm not surprised, man, he's having all the success in the NFL. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I'm going to borrow a question from Cam because he said you said you like asking coaches who's the player that you should know about yeah. that we don't know about. Give us a Notre Dame guy that isn't one of the 
the big names that people know but could have an awesome season for you guys? Well, uh, man, it's hard to point out one guy. You know, our quarterback, Sam Hartman, is a guy that transferred in from uh, Wake Forest, and he is, I think, the second leader and passer in ACC football history. Wow. And so he is oh, a wow. talented individual. And what you learn about, you know, the quarterback position when you become a head coach. I mean, defensive coordinator is just like, hey, the quarterback's the quarterback. When you become the head coach, that person most simulates the head coach. They get praised for things sometimes they deserve and don't deserve. They get criticized for things they don't deserve and maybe they deserve. But I've really developed a relationship for that position, right? And so uh, I'm excited to have him here, and um, I'm really looking forward to this season with him as our quarterback. You mentioned Lou Holtz, the last national champion winning coach at Notre Dame. We hope you're the next national champion winning coach. Best of luck this season. Thank, by the way, this has been a Notre Dame week here. we got Jalen Smith, Julian Love was in the house. Adam over on Researcher couldn't be more excited <laughs> because he's a Notre it's, Dame guy. Uh, it's the global effect. That's what I call it. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Oh, by the way, six suit. Just one of the, that's a sick all jacket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I should have led with that. It's, I mean, what a look there. We appreciate it. Our next guest is one of the best pass rushers in the league. Today, he's a seasoned vet looking for a new home in 2023. Please give a warm welcome to defensive end Yannick Ngakwe. Hey. <laughs> Youngster. And Yannick, before we get appreciate started, you, I want to get clarity with you. One of your teammates here, your former teammates, Malik Jackson, says he calls you Yannick. I heard Yannick. What's your preferred pronunciation? You know, honestly, you know, since I was a little kid, you know, people will butcher their name from Yannick to Yannick to <laughs> Unique. But honestly, I, it doesn't really matter, man. As long as you come close to, you know, uh, pronouncing my name the right way, I'm I'm pleased with it. Let's just say Jan. Jan is Jan. Keeps it safe, you know. Well, you're uh, yeah. you're entering your eighth season, currently a free agent, and just reminding folks what you've done. You know, I was looking up some stats: 19 forced turnovers for you since 2017 by quarterback pressure. That's second in the league, and so that's a lot of QB pressures. Teams need that, and so when you look around the league, this put on your put on your hat here. Are there teams that you're looking at and say, I'd love to play for them right now? Honestly, you know, I would love to play for any team. You know, this is a game I've been watching since I was a little kid, and it's a blessing and a, and a great opportunity to be able to suit up for anybody, to be able to have an opportunity to play football, to be able to have the opportunity to just have that team camaraderie and to, you know, just have those locker room moments. So any team in the NFL is a blessing. I'm willing to go and help, you know, the young guys out wherever I'm supposed to be and to be able to try to, you know, help get to a Super Bowl, help get to the playoffs. So, man, I'm excited to play for whoever. Well, let's bring up the stats that make the case for how you can help a team because whoever you decide to sign with is getting one of the greats. You are on a very short list of NFL legends who have recorded eight-plus sacks in each of their first seven seasons. I mean, look at these names. Reggie White, DeMarcus Ware, Aaron Donald right there above you. When you see your name up with these names, what does that mean to you? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a blessing. It's a great feeling. At the end of the day, you know, I'm a, a big believer, you know, in the man above, and uh, that's God. And I feel like he's ordered my steps and allowed my journey to be able to walk that path. So I don't take any credit. I give all that credit to God. I give a lot of credit to the men that was in the locker room with me over the years. Uh, no matter what team, we all came together to be able to have one common goal, and I was to just get to the quarterback and just wreak havoc in the backfield. Yeah, I know when I played with Jan, you know, I would see him. He was a rookie when I met him. And uh, we would see him in his locker. He'd be watching just 
old either fighting tape. I believe it was like Mike Tyson or somebody before games or old just old defensive ends really going out there practicing and doing their thing in games. So my question yesterday they asked me when I played uh, who was my favorite quarterback to to uh, sack. And now I'm asking you, who is your favorite quarterback to take down and to uh, get sacks? <clears throat> and uh, do you have anybody that you really love just oh. to do it just a little extra harder within the rules, of course? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I, I just feel like a sack is a great feeling, man. Like the feeling of a, of a boxer knocking somebody out. And, you know, in particular, I wouldn't really say it's a guy that I would love to I love to sack and play him. I like to sack all quarterbacks, even the backups when they get into the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you have the ball in your hand, I would like to just, you know, come and take you down and help my team win a football game. So what's going on, Jan? This 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 Jalen here, man. We we came in together, brother, and uh been able to go go along this ride with you. The biggest thing that, that I wanna ask is, you know, we see you've been staying in shape this offseason. What what have you been doing to keep yourself ready? Uh, you know, uh, I'm blessed enough to be able to have a gym, you know, in my home, a complete, you know, gym set where I have a lower body uh, thing and set where, put it like this, I have upstairs, I have an upper body uh, workout gym and then at my downstairs part of my home, I have a lower body spot. And I just, you know, I know at this point where I'm, matter my career what works for me and what doesn't work for me so just the knowledge that i was able to gain throughout these years has allowed me to put a regiment together so i'm really totally prepared for camp yan got money two yeah. Yeah. Hey, let me hold something yan big money big money uh yan earlier in the no, show sir. we created our gmfb all underrated defense and i want to tell you this list here these are currently players in the league we feel like deserve some more credit we have brian burns levante davis Javon Hargrave, uh, Romeo Aguacara, Demario Davis, Torrance Armstrong, Tyson Campbell, Marcus Epps. When you look at this list, did we miss anybody? Which player would you add to our roster? Yeah, so I just finished uh, my last season in Indiana, and a guy that I really like was Grover Stewart. Uh, this guy always makes a splash play, you know, and at the games on Sundays. This guy works hard. He doesn't talk. He just comes with his work pal to work every day. And uh, I just feel like he's one of the best run defenders that I play with, a guy that can take on a double team and give you a TFL, a guy that can also be effective in a pass game as well. So if it was a guy that I would say that's underrated, that doesn't get enough praise, I would definitely say Grover Stewart for the Indianapolis Colts. Hey, Yannick, we love inside information on the show. And and when we were in the commercial break and you greeted your former teammate, you said, hey, Champagne, what's up to Malik? So can you tell us what, what that means? <laughs> you know, that's that's a, that's a story for another day. I'm not sure if that's, you know, appropriate right now to speak on. You can tell him. Malik, Malik, you can tell him. You know, Malik basically you this guy, he, he would uh, show you, a, yeah, he would show you a good time, man. Like uh, two years in a row when we had that whole Saxonville ordeal, you know, we would take a D-line trip. It was like a tradition. And, you know, Malik was like one of the, the big brothers for me that showed me the way him and Calais Campbell and they just always took care of the young guys always made sure that we were good we were safe when we went out we had a great time so I, I kind of ran with that name when I heard the Champagne League and I really feel like it stuck with him so it was Ace of Spades you were getting the big bottles out there nah, it was, it was the Moet Nectar was my, my choice <laughs> <of Moet Nectar. laughs> that's another day um, now yeah I think when you came in man you know you were one guy who had a real chip on his shoulder you know you really came in with something to prove and I remember I was like man who is this guy so fiery you know but what are some of the things you learned just to maybe calm down or pass on to the younger kids from when you came in absolutely you know you just have to be able to uh receive the information from the veterans these guys walk your shoes these guys know how to prepare and how to get your body ready before a game how to study properly for film so you know my advice to younger guys coming into the league is you know just listen to those older dudes you know at your position even guys that don't play your position because they've been around the block and they know how to be able to play at a high level well jan thank you and we look forward to seeing where you play next more good morning football after this
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. It's time to talk a little ball. I want to keep the trash talk conversation going that uh, we had earlier. So, Jalen, when you think of the best head-to-head battles that you've had on the field, maybe with a quarterback or or just a quarterback you loved getting after, give us a story. Who I would say, you know know what's crazy? I would say Tom Brady. Ooh. He talks some stuff. (laughs) And it's subtle, but it's... It's enough to where it gets under your skin, but it's like a different dynamic because you got to respect him yeah. at the same point because he's the GOAT. And you can't be like, what have you ever done? So, oh, okay, so, so <laughs> this was 2018. We were playing um, in Foxborough, and it was freezing weather. Freezing weather, and I had an, I actually had an amazing game. We ended up losing the game, but I had like 10 tackles, two TFLs. I had a pass breakup on Julian Edelman. It's crazy, but they ended up running the same play again where Julian, he isolates the linebacker uh, across the middle of the field, and the second time they ran it, I felt like I was on it, but I felt like I was on it too much, and I I was like early to the to the pass deflection, kind of wrapped my, my, my arm around Julian a little bit, and... They called a they called a penalty. It was a great play, That's but they insane. called a they called a penalty. They called a defensive hold, and I get up and Tom Brady's like, "Oh yeah, you thought you had me, huh?" <laughs> I'm like, "Come on, man, I'm, I'm here." Luckily, end up coming after the game. He told me I was a great player, and that kind of made my my career because Tom Brady say I gave me validation. I don't need nobody else validation. So Julian Love was on the show this week, and he said that Tom Brady and you wouldn't know it would trash talk their coaches, and he said they would turn around and be like is that Julian said he was like is he talking to coaches is he talking to us and he said he would go over and just trash talk the coaches and they couldn't believe it so I think Tom I don't there was I, maybe more so before he got to Tampa because I think he, he talked you, a lot more in Tampa but you remember that famous clip up. you remember that famous clip of uh him going against the, the honey badger in the Super Bowl yeah after the, mm-hmm. yeah yeah it was it was it was legit and that's real and that's and that's Tom and Honey Badger doesn't back down. Mm-hmm. So to, to, to see that and for the whole world to be able to see that come out of time was like, okay, don't don't play with him. What else you got? When uh, I, I know we loved your Philip Rivers story. Yeah, I mean and that was your guy to, I, to bring down. And I was I was a real rowdy one when I played. You know, I was really big trash talker and uh I forget what year it was, but we were playing uh, Tennessee Titans. I believe it was uh, Color Rush because I, I remember having our mustard color ter- terrible design. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're playing, and they're, they're beating us pretty handily, you know. And we just start talking. Me and Taylor wanted to start talking. You know, we're getting after each other, really talking. And uh, I tell him, you know what? I said, forget this. Meet me on the 50 after the game. You know, Stop. I was like, I am tired of you, tired of you talking. And he kept going, kept pushing the buttons. And then uh, so after the game, I'm like, I'm dead serious. I'm like, let's go. You know, we got handled pretty well. well. What were you going to do? Take the helmets off and just for like, legal For go? legal things, you know. We can't really go that far, you know, but it was just <laughs> things were going to happen, right? And so 
I'm like, let's get it. And then uh, he comes, I'm seeing him where I'm like, oh yeah, it's gladiator time, you know? And then uh, he's like, oh man, you know, I was just kidding, man. Da, 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 da. I'm like, no, I'm ready. We're right. getting it. He's like, oh, I'm just smiles and everything. And I was like, and then you can't. And then you're you? the bad guy. No, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, the last three hours you were talking mess. I'm ready to go. I'm riled up. And I just had to just leave. I was just like, this is insane. He really turned the tables on you. He, he really did. Is that is that the closest you got to like taking it outside the lines where, you know? In a game. Okay, you know, actually, it was inside the lines on the 50, so. <laughs> yes. yeah, 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 right. I kept, I kept it inside the line, you know. But um, yeah, it was, it was, it was just one of those things you're like, man, I just gotta, you know. And then Young League, man, we were in practice one time. I remember this. We were practicing like week 12, 13. I was in my first two years. My guy, Danny Trevathan, is working really hard. We had this new running back come in, a kid from Oklahoma, and he's running the toad, and he, and he really dips his head and tries to run over Danny. And I, we tell him, like, hey, bro, you got to relax. It's week 13. My man's a little hurt right now. You know, we gotta, we're just trying to get the reps. He does it again. So I get off the sideline, and I'm like, ah, truth. You know, and that was a little fight at practice. You know what I mean? It was one of those things you just got to set the tone. I was really a young and crazy one. You know what I mean? But I knew I was pretty good because the next day they fired him and kept me. So I was mm. like, Mm. I didn't say anything about it. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty well at this team. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's the little things like that, you know, just being a little rowdy. I had a teammate who was feisty, and his name was Des Bryant. Mm-hmm. Wow. Tell us about Des. I think everybody knew that he had, a, he had an ego on him that allowed him to be great. But when he talked, when he walked in the room, when he walked in the building every single day, you heard <laughs> him from the time he stepped in mm-hmm. to the time he left. And it translated on the field. There was a unique moment. Uh, Jason Garrett, we had a practice, right? And it was Jordan Lewis, uh, who defensive back. He was a rookie, and he called out Des Bryant one-on-one in front of the entire team. <laughs> Jason Garrett stopped the practice. Coach, the head coach, he stopped the practice, and they went one-on-one. And when I tell you, when, when Des won, it was... It was just, uh, it was immaculate it, with how he spoke the entire rest of that year. <laughs> like, he, he didn't shut up about it. You know, I, I loved it. My locker was right next to Dez. He was, he was just wow, a great guy. Wow, you heard a, a lot guy. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> Trash talk affect people's game at all? Do you see that? It's, oh, the, like, game, it's the game within the game, right? It's get you off your block, especially if you play offense and you you have all those checks and everything. And I'm like, I'm talking to you about something and you, you, you get off that. And now you forget, do you go left or right? I get tackled for loss. Football is back. Celebrate by watching as teams across the league take the field for training camp. Back Together Weekend presented by YouTube with two full days of practices, player interviews, mic'd up moments, and fan fests across the league. It is a can't-miss NFL reunion, NFL Network, and NFL Plus have you covered with coverage on July 29th and the 30th. Additional coverage can be found on ABC and ESPN. Go to NFL.com slash Back Together Weekend for ways to watch guys that clock is ticking the season is almost upon us did you have fun this week oh i had a great time you guys made it real easy you know at first i didn't know what to do with my hands i was like nervous but i just i just kept them down you know and you guys made it easy i appreciate you guys i, I never even noticed that so that you really played it off how about you Jalen? man i was so excited to come on this show not only to do my homework and to see everybody's attire very aesthetic we got colors we got different styles going on so i'm just happy to be able to to enjoy this moment with you guys. Your boy Marcus Freeman came dressed yeah, yes. proper. You were on a Zoom call. You joined the show like two weeks ago yes, when I was on. Yes. And you, you were like, I'm so excited to be here. And it's hard sometimes for that to translate through Skype or Zoom calls right. or when you're not in there. And you could tell even two weeks ago, like, this guy's going to have a good time. Absolutely. And it was a big Notre Dame hurrah yeah. for you. So what a win. They, they knew you were coming. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's a big defensive week, too. We had a lot of defensive oh, yeah. love throughout yeah. the week, some trash talk yeah. talk. It was awesome. And uh, Sarah, you and I go back on the road as reporters, uh, back together Saturday in two weeks. Yeah, where are you going? So, Do you know where you're going? I think Atlanta and Miami to start off uh, back together Saturday. I will be with the much-hyped Jacksonville Jaguars. They're going to have some expectations on them. It's always a good time with Doug Peterson there in Jacksonville. And then I will be with the Buccaneers as they try to rebuild in the post-Tom Brady era. For everyone here at GMFB, have a great weekend, everybody. Football is almost back. Almost back. Let's go. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.